Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. If there's any problem about prayer in your life, the Word will solve it for you if you'll let it. Remember one of our texts, John 15, 7? If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Now notice that. And my words abide in you. Ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Well, first thing, if his words abide in you, you're not going to be asking for something apart from the word. Welcome to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we're continuing Reverend Kenneth E. Hagan's series, Answered Prayer, An Obtainable Goal. There's lots to learn, and we're glad you're listening daily. Later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Reverend Hagan for this good word. Praise God. You know, uh, we're all familiar with the fact that James said, Be ye doers of the word, not hearers only. You know, nobody can do the word for you. You'll have to do it for yourself. And yet, you know, that's what a lot of folks are looking for somebody to do it for them. You know what he said here in James, the first chapter. Before we get into our Bible, let's just look real briefly here. James, the first chapter, 22nd verse. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only. Now notice that. Deceiving your own selves. If you hear the word, but you don't do it, you don't put it in practice, he said, I like to put it this way, the Holy Ghost said through the Apostle James, you've deceived your own self. I mean, there's no use laying it off on the devil. See, most, listen to me real carefully, most all the predicament that you're in is your fault, not even the devil's. I'm talking to Christians now, because if you just do what the Word of God says do, it'll solve your problem. But you see, the thing that a lot of folks want to do, they want to do their thing and then let God solve their problem. Well, God can't solve the problem because God's way of solving your problem is giving you his word for it. Amen. Now, you see, you think I've digressed, but right on the other hand, that comes right back to prayer. It'll solve the prayer problem. If there's any problem about prayer in your life, the word will solve it for you if you'll let it. Remember one of our texts, John fifteen seven. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Now notice that. And my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Well, first thing, if his words abide in you, you're not going to be asking for something apart from the word. So then you ask what ye will and it shall be done. Well, if it's not being done, then you ought to have enough sense to go to the word and find out. Go to the word and find out. If my words abide in you, you'll ask what you will and it'll be done. But you see, folks, you know, don't want to take time to get into the word, to study the word, to feed on the word. They want to float along and not get answers. And so they operate in the natural realm. So, well, now sometimes God says No. No, he doesn't. Not if it's according to his word, he don't say no. And if it's not according to his word, he never said no to begin with. It was no before you ever prayed. The word already said no. 
If you abide in me, my words abide in you. So they said, well, sometimes God says no. Sometimes he said, wait a while. Sometimes he says yes. No, you don't. You don't do it. He always says yes. When you pray according to his word. How can you tell if you're praying according to his word? Well, you took step number one that I gave you in this series of lessons. Find out what you want from God. Decide what you want from God. Find scriptures that covers your case. Find scriptures that promise you the things you're praying for. See, the trouble with a lot of folks is they always find scriptures that cover somebody else's case. <laughs> Not their case. Sometimes husbands will find scriptures that covers their wife's case. Well, just let her find her own scriptures. Main thing is you better find scriptures that covers your case. For just about 999 and 99, 100 times out of 100, that didn't leave much, did it? If you husbands are going according to the word of God, you don't have to bother about your wife. I don't shout me down now because I'm preaching real good. Because he said, husbands love your wife even as Christ loved the church. Well, how did he love the church? He gave himself for it. See, a lot of husbands, you know, they're having trouble with their wife and they created the problem themselves by not walking according to the word. And a lot of wives, vice versa, they're having trouble with their husband because they haven't walked according to the word of God, haven't done what the Bible said to do. And then they want somebody to straighten out. Nobody can straighten it out but you. And nobody can straighten out your prayer life but you. And how are you going to straighten it out? Get in the word. Get in the word. Praise God. All right. So much for that. Be, that, that all right back to being doers of the word and not hearers only. If you just hear it and don't do it, you've deceived yourself. I noticed one translation said, instead of saying you're deceiving yourself, it says you've deluded yourself. We've got a lot of self-deluded people. But thank God we can be enlightened people. For the entrance of his words giveth light. Amen. He throws light on life's problems. Well, how does he do it? Just shine the light down from heaven, suddenly turn on his big flashlight? No. Thy word is a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet. Amen. All right. Let's go over it real quickly and then we'll pick up and go on. We're talking about seven steps to answered prayer. Decide what you want from God. Get the scriptures that definitely promise you those things. Get those promises, those scriptures firmly fixed in your heart, not only in your mind. That means you'll have to meditate and feed upon it. Then be ready to use those scriptures against the devil and demons who will try to make you doubt God and rob you of what you want. Due to the fact that you have taken step one, now you're ready for step two. But now step two won't work for you if you haven't taken step one. That'd be just like somebody, you know, skip the first grade and try to start in the second grade. No, it won't work. It'll be very hard unless you pass the first grade. Then you'll be ready for the second grade. Then ask God for the things that you want and believe that you'll receive them. Mark eleven twenty four. 24. See, you've taken step one, found the scriptures that promise you the things. So thou believe you receive them. Believe God, not Satan. Believe the truth, not a lie. Then you're ready for step number three. That is, you've taken step number two. That is, let every thought and desire affirm that you have got what you ask. Never for one moment permit a mental picture of failure to be in your mind. Never doubt for one moment that you have the answer. If doubts persist, and I'll add, and they will. Mm -hmm. Amen. 
if doubts persist. Get your mind on the answer. Get your mind on the scriptures, you see. The answer. And constantly affirm that prayer has been answered, that the promises of God are true. Then I said to you to eradicate every suggestion, image, vision, dream, impression, feeling. In fact, extirpate all thoughts that do not contribute to your faith that you have what you ask. Now, number four is right along the same line. You may have to take this step. We're talking about thoughts. The Bible talks about that. We notice that in connection with the fourth chapter of Philippians. That after Paul had said, be careful for nothing or do not fret, have any anxiety about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And then notice in the eighth verse, he said, the sixth verse, the eighth verse, he said, finally. So he's finalizing it, isn't he? Finally. He begins to talk about what to think on, doesn't he? Some folks said, well, I can't control my thoughts. You ought to get saved. Because that inward man is born again and become a new creature in Christ. And it's not the inward man that's thinking wrong. Because in that inward man, all things have become new. Old things have passed away, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. No, the problem is you're not letting the inward man dominate. You're letting the outward man dominate. You're letting your thoughts run wild. You remember the Bible said, bringing every thought into captivity. That means you can. Now, why can you? Because not only is your spirit made new, but you've got the Holy Spirit dwelling in your spirit, and he'll help you. He's your helper. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Bringing every thought into captivity. You can bring your thoughts into captivity if you want to. The problem is a lot of folks don't want to. Now they go off and lie about it and said, I can't help it. Probably the devil's got a hold of me. You cast it out of me. Now all the devil's you that we're having problems with. <laughs> Amen. So like one fellow said, he's high tip, always of, of flying off the, the handle. Very high tip, always with his children, with his wife, with anybody else that got in his way. Got saved all right. Got filled with the Holy Ghost. Member of a full gospel church. But he's always flying off the, the handle, losing his temper. Well, he said, y'all pray for me. He said, I'll tell you, the devil just, you know, just trips me up. No, it wasn't the devil tripping him up. The Bible said, you know, from the book of Proverbs, greater is he that taketh a city. Greater is he that keepeth his spirit than he that taketh a city. Now, the same Hebrew word that's translated anger, and it should be, tra- it's also translated spirit. You've got to understand that. So it's difficult. You have to understand the context to see what he's talking about. Greater is he that keepeth his anger, instead of saying spirit there, because the same Hebrew word that's translated spirit, referring to the human spirit, is translated 12 different things. It's translated wind, it's translated whirlwind, it's translated anger, it's translated blast. One time they even translated mildew. Hebrew language is a very poor language to try to get God's thoughts over. Greek's a little better. Are you listening to me? You have to tell by the context. That's talking about a man keeping his anger. Greater is he that keepeth his anger, his temper, than he that taketh a city. Amen. You ever read that? If you haven't, look it up and find it. Amen. It's in there. It's in there. That should be translated temper. Greater is he that keepeth his temper than he that taketh a city. No, we, we just have a tendency to lay everything off on the devil. You know, that's the easy way out. Now, don't you misunderstand me at all. The devil will work through the flesh and he'll work through your mind. But you don't have to give place to him. 
because Paul told the church at Ephesus, neither give place to the devil. Now, what does that mean? Well, paraphrasing it in modern phraseology, he just simply said, don't give the devil any place in you. That means he can't take any place in you unless you, you let him do it. I believe that's about Ephesians 4.27, somewhere along in it. It neither give place to the devil. In other words, don't give the devil any place in you. That means he can't take any place in you unless you let him. But see, if you keep following, now he'll furnish all kinds of thoughts for you. Sometimes you'll think them yourself. And the devil will furnish all kinds. And if you keep entertaining his thoughts, well, he'll be able to do a lot to you. But you don't have to entertain his thoughts. Casting down imaginations and bringing every thought. You see, every time he tells us to do something, that, that's a point I want to emphasize with you. He tells us to do something about our thinking. Casting down imaginations, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagan. I want to talk about this for a moment. Prayer shaping the world around you. It's three CDs, one from my, one from my dad, Kenneth E. Hagan, one from Lynette Hagan, and one from Craig Hagan, our son, on prayer. And it will help you to shape the world around you so that you can live in the overflow. And that's what this book, book is about. Is about. I, that's right. I, I, did 10, I did 10 sessions on this. They made a book out of it, Overflow, Living Above Life's Limits. I want you to get a hold yes. of it because it will change your world. Call now and get this dynamic special offer. Don't delay. Call today. 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Tomorrow, Reverend Kenneth E. Hagen continues his series on Answered Prayer and Obtainable Gold. We'll pick up with this great message then on Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.